don't get behind. It's time to unwind. A conversation purely designed with you in mind. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Peer Perspective Podcast. I'm Desiree. I'm Mia. And I'm Jasmine. And we hope that you are excited for the conversation that we're about to have today. <laughs> she she had to I thought she there. was about to revert to her old way. No, I had to think of something on the spot. <laughs> on the spot. Okay, you guys. So today we're going to talk about something that's like more, a little more serious than our other episodes, but it's because it's something that's very important to us which is mental health days because they are very necessary. They are. We talked about it. Yeah, we we mentioned, we've dabbled. <laughs> Just know we need them. <laughs> and today to you know discuss with us, we have a special guest, Ashley Shaw. Ashley is the founder of 3C Wellness PLLC, counseling, coaching and consulting to a better you. She is a licensed clinical social worker, a licensed clinical addiction specialist, and a certified clinical anxiety treatment professional. She has eight years of professional experience with helping adolescents and adults grow from their struggles, heal from their pain, and move forward to where they want to be in their life. She enjoys giving back to her community through service and mentorship, as well as inspiring and supporting others and recognizing their inner strengths and attending to self-care. Hey, Ashley. Hey. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> I'm excited that you're here because we, like Mia said, we've had a lot of discussions about mm-hmm. mental health and um, even in our 20 lessons learned in 2020, the title of this podcast episode was one of the lessons. And so to actually have somebody here that has their professional knowledge <laughs> <laughs> and y'all heard all that, all that professionalism, all the experience, the she's certified, honestly <laughs> certified. So we are definitely excited to have you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll jump right into the conversation after this ad break. Hey, y'all. We are excited to be affiliates with Hum Nutrition. If you've been looking to improve on your beauty and wellness in 2021, make sure you're listening. Hum Nutrition is a natural supplement line that has unique and ultra-specific formulations designed around fuller hair, stronger nails, dry skin, acne and breakouts, fine lines, digestive support, stress, energy, and weight. It's made in the USA, sustainably sourced, non-GMO ingredients that are free of soy, gluten, artificial colors, and it's backed by clinical results, which is just one of the things that we love most about it. Show us the results. Another great thing about Hum is if you aren't sure which of their products is the right one for you, they have a quick quiz that gives you a personalized list of product recommendations from a registered dietitian. Hum has been featured in Refinery29, Vogue, Forbes, and Allure, just to name a few. If that doesn't make you want to try it out, we aren't sure what will. Oh, wait. Actually, we are. If you follow the link in the episode notes and use the code HUM10 at checkout, you can get $10 off of your first order. Yeah, we said 10. And honestly, we wouldn't be offended if you pause the episode right now to go place your order. We'll, we'll always, always be here, but this offer probably won't. Okay, so jumping right you know, into the conversation, um, what made you want to go into the mental health field? Well, um, really what led to me wanting to go into the mental health field, I'll say is wanting to help people. I know that's kind of like 
cliche-ish, but I started off like pursuing the medical field and everything, but I couldn't get past chemistry. <laughs> Girl, so, me either. Girl, don't get me started on chemistry. <laughs> had to drop that class Yes, real quick. I feel like that was like the weeding out class my freshman year. And it I got it honestly out. is. <laughs> it really is. Like, I remember I was like, oh, yeah, because I was going to be a dentist and I took chemistry and I was like, no, I was stuck in my room struggling. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, she literally did not come out her room for like the, the couple weeks. She was in that class and she was like, I dropped it. I was like, great. Yeah. I get my friend back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we knew it was coming. <laughs> I tell you. So like whenever I figured out that that just wasn't the route for me, um, you know, I was like, OK, well, I like to talk to people. I like to listen to people. I like to help people grow. And that really just pushed me into social work, which and led me into mental health. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. I feel like we can definitely, like, especially me and Desiree, because we both have degrees in psychology, too. So we can relate. Like, I, everybody knows I talk a lot. So. <laughs> and I do a lot of listening. <laughs> yeah, we it's like a team pair right here. But oh, I feel like it's good to, you know, just have that want to help others. And I feel like it's definitely something we need in today's society. Like, yeah. people who genuinely just want to help and just, like, be there for others. And right? I don't necessarily think it's cliche that you said. Oh, yeah, no. Um, I like to help others because I feel like that's really the forefront of why people are in this field mm-hmm. and so yeah, yeah people are like i need a little more but i'm like that's it no, that's, yeah. that's, it. that's that's the heart yeah. and soul of it right there exactly and so kind of going into that do you think there's still stigma associated with therapy and then if you do think so um why do you think that is and what is needed for that to change yeah, I do. I do think there is some stigma associated with therapy, but I do see a shift, mm-hmm. um, especially since last year. It's, it's crazy. We've been in a pandemic for mm-hmm. oh, about a year now. Right. But yeah, so I've definitely seen an increase in um, people um, pursuing therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even seen the demographics kind of shifting, too, oh, wow. um, as it relates to people who are pursuing therapy. And I love it. Like, I was about to say, which is good. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, yeah, I definitely think we've mentioned this in other episodes, but as like, especially as us all being black women, like the black community is so like iffy on, you know, therapy. Like, mm-hmm. why do you think that is? Yeah, I think that has something to do with stigma. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that sometimes we use the wrong words to mm-hmm. describe our emotions. Like you may hear what I like to call like blanket emotions, like I'm sad, I'm I'm mad. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but it's like, okay, what's the what's the underlying cause for that? Is it really just this surface level I'm sad or is it like I'm feeling isolated, which mm-hmm. is making me feel sad, or is it that I'm feeling defeated? You know, and then kind of exploring that. So I think mislabeling um, or misunderstanding our emotions sometimes can lead us to just be like, okay, well, this is an everyday thing that everybody experiences, like in normal life. So exactly. And I feel like with a lot of, especially like in the black community, um, because I know I've talked to people and they're like, well, I used to have those same problems and I got through it and I didn't have to go to a therapist. Mm-hmm. And it was like, in a sense, like you were suffering in silence. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to do that. Like yeah. go talk to somebody. There are people who are professionals to help you. Yeah. yeah. It's like things change. Let's, let's evolve let's with, with the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then also, too, with the stigma affiliated with seeking out help in mm-hmm. our in the black community, um, you think about historically mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. things that's happened yeah. <laughs> where, you know, it's like, okay, either I, should I go, should I go to the doctor mm-hmm. or should I go seek out help or should I just keep this in my home and just, you know, this is my business. Yeah. I'll, I'll figure out how to work through it. Yeah. I've definitely had instances where people are like, well, that might come back and bite you later on mm-hmm. down the road because you did this and that now. And I'm like, it shouldn't be this way. Like mm-hmm. you actively seeking to better yourself. Yeah 
shouldn't be like, oh, well, that might impact me later on down the road. They might think I'm not mentally fit for this mm-hmm. or that. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's great that during the pandemic, there was that shift, that change that where people are like, actually, I need to talk to somebody. I can't do this by myself. Got a little heavy. Mm-hmm. A little. <laughs> it was bricks dropping. <laughs> no, but I like I also really like what you said about like us having blanket emotions because I am so I feel like I'm really guilty of that. Like I'll be like, like, I don't feel good. And I'll just be in my room, like in bed. Like like you said, you have to address like what's causing it because it could be so many different things. Mm-hmm. It could be a, I don't feel good. Like I like, you know, health wise, like I have a little headache or something or it could be like I'm going through depression <laughs> and yeah. I just blanketly call it all like, oh, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot or I don't mm-hmm. feel good. You know, so, I'm fine. Yeah. I'd I'm, be like, I'm, I'm good. Like I'm just dealing with I'm always stuff. Fine. I'm good. Yeah. I'm fine. It's fine. I'm fine. It's mm-hmm. fine. And you hear like all the aggression like, behind the fine. fine. <laughs> and even bouncing like. off of that, it's like once you go past, I'm sad, I'm mad. It's like opening a can of worms, to be honest. So it's like, mm-hmm. do people even want to do that? Like once you see what it actually is, like. Now you kind of have to deal with it. So is it yeah. easier to just be like, I'm sad, I'm mad, I don't feel good than to mm-hmm. actually address those things? Yeah. I think what you're touching on is like I'm really exploring the vulnerability right. that actually comes up with that. Right. From my own experience, too, um, I mean, I'm a black woman and growing up in my family, I can I can definitely say that it's, it's like vulnerability hasn't always been um, acceptable. acceptable. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you think when you think about strength. Vulnerable, being vulnerable is not something that, yeah. you know, yeah. comes up. Right? I would agree. That's something past. I had to work on last year was like being vulnerable. It was actually my word for 2020. And that was nothing but vulnerability that you. year. Jesus mm-hmm. said, here you go. Like, <laughs> you word. said it here. And I I was trying to give a little bit of it back. I was like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> I, I definitely feel that. And I, I personally know growing up, like a lot, my father, like, would always just call me dramatic about everything. And I would be like, no, like I would try to express my emotions to him, especially like me personally dealing with like my parents' divorce and like everything with that. I would always try to express my emotions to my dad. And he would just be like, you're being dramatic. Like you're so dramatic, like the dramatics. He'd be like, you're acting like your mother. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's definitely like in the black community, like people need to understand, like when we're trying to express emotions and stuff, like you need to accept them and listen to them just because like, you know, in older generations, they didn't, you know, it's kind of like you said, like, hush, hush, keep it in the family, like, keep mm-hmm. it to yourself. Me, I'm going to tell, I'm going to talk to someone <laughs> till I feel better. So, yeah, and I feel like also with, like, vulnerability, mm-hmm. people um, sometimes are, you know, you say how you're feeling. You actually take that moment to be vulnerable. And then they're like, well, somebody else has it, you know, worse than you. Yes. Like, you shouldn't be this and that. And they're like, okay, well, maybe I'm going to stop telling people, like, how mm-hmm. I'm feeling. And that's mm-hmm. something that I feel like a lot of people deal with and I'm like no you can feel the way you feel and also like acknowledge how other people yeah. are reacting to stuff too there's always going to be somebody that probably has it, it worse. worse so like mm-hmm. if you're waiting for like you to hit rock bottom for, for you, you to, to be the worst one that, then it's kind of like you should address those things before it gets to the point where like you are mm-hmm. The yeah. last one. And it's not like a comparing game. Right. We don't have to compare. You, right. you won. Right. Like, <laughs> we are not comparing each other's struggles. And I, I feel like a lot of people do that, especially during the pandemic. Like we discussed, like people were feeling, everyone was feeling a certain type of way. Like just because you weren't necessarily like someone who, you know, had lost their job during the pandemic didn't mean you couldn't feel like 
upset or in a weird mind space because you're sitting here like stuck at home like you can't visit family you can't do the things you used to do like you don't have to have it the worst off to still be you know feeling emotionally vulnerable like you said right I have to say this though too your 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 experiences shape your perspective Mm -hmm. and so I I loved how you were all of you were bringing up like how you shouldn't compare your experience to somebody else's because with trauma like Mm -hmm. trauma is anything that you perceive as traumatic. Mm -hmm. We can go through the same thing. Let's say I go on a roller coaster Mm -hmm. and for me, like my anxiety is through the roof. Like I think this thing's about to derail. (laughs) Like, (laughs) but the net for the other person who may be going through the same thing as me, they may be like, what you thought that really like the time of their life. Yeah. Having the time of their life. (laughs) And like that can really impact a person's um, just an example perspective of roller coasters. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I'm that person. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm the one having a blast on the roller coaster. I'm ready to get. I'm, I'm nervous going up, but it's mm-hmm. a fun ride. You buckle me in. I'm gonna watch and see how you buckle the person right. beside me because you might have missed something. <laughs> but no, that's a great example just for our listeners. Because if you needed that example, there it was. Yeah, that that was good. That was a good little that analogy. Was good. That was good. <laughs> and so moving on through your the business that you have, you also have a program, and it's called Girl Mentality Journey. Am I correct? Yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. So could you like share a little bit about that? I know it's tailored more towards middle and high school students, but I still think that's like valuable information because that's really when we should be getting reached, not when we're in college mm-hmm. trying to navigate all these transitional stages that we right. have to go through. Yes. And that's part of the reason, a big chunk of the reason why I started it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a little backstory about girl. Um, Girl um, pretty much stems from my community organization, Girl on Go, Mm -hmm. um, which the goal of that, it kind of just organically happened where um, I was offering drop-in support groups to girls, um, adolescents. I kept it open for ages 10 to 17. And the things that came up really just lit a fire in me to be like, okay, so what's missing here? There's a lot of mentor programs um, and a lot of great ones too I've had the opportunity to connect with. But what can I bring that can make what I'm doing unique? Mm -hmm. So that kind of spun into me launching like partnerships with like a, with a local high school, with a local affordable housing community where I offered a mentor program exclusively to that community because wow. make it more accessible. Mm-hmm. It was right. affordable. Most parents said, what? That's all it costs? $25? Yeah, that's yeah, all because I want to that's yeah. the main support question. you. <laughs> right. You know, so and then that spun into the Girl Mentality Journey program that I offer through 3C Wellness. I wrote a book. I was I like did. a. <laughs> I did. I saw that. You saw it? I saw it. Yeah. It's a book, but not really. It's like an eclectic mix of journaling, education, virtual activities, um, really targeting teen girls, well, adolescent girls who are just wanting to learn more about themselves, like wanting to, you know, figure out what their goals are. I wanted to offer an opportunity for them to intentionally set aside time for themselves to explore all of those things. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw that you have like an ebook, right, that Mm -hmm. people are able to purchase now, but you're launching like a hard copy version of it. Yes, I am. That's what Mm -hmm. y'all heard it here, folks. You better mark your calendars. (laughs) Look at her. She's changing lives. Love to see it. Right. And I think that's something like, I don't think I have that 
whenever I was in high school or even middle school. And I wasn't really, I don't really think I was paying much attention to myself, what I want. Yeah, I was was just playing sports. Exactly. (laughs) Running around. You went to school, you went to your sports after school, and you went home. Came home, did some homework, and to sleep. Did the same thing over and over. (laughs) Maybe apply for some colleges junior, senior year, and then you're gone. And so I think that is really important and needed, especially like, we mentioned, you know, suffering in silence. Like some people, they don't get the chance to like really dive deep and like explore that side of things. And money could be a factor. The lack of knowledge or accessibility to it could be a factor. And so I think that's that's great that you're doing that. Um, So we know that your program like it specializes in counseling girls specifically. But what would you say? I know you touched on a couple things you do that's unique, that's special to that community. But what's unique in your approach that, you know, is different from if you're doing a generalized therapy or one that was, you know, tailored to boys and girls in general? I specialize in working with young girls and and women, but I definitely service the whole community. And with my approach with working with anyone of any age, sex, all of, you know, I'm all inclusive. So um, with that. love inclusivity. Yes, yes. So with that, pretty much what we do is I have like, um, it's like a cognitive behavior foundation Mm -hmm. for how I work with everyone. So pretty much my theory of, of choice is CBT. And typically in my sessions, pretty much with everyone, we explore like how your thoughts, your feelings and your actions all connect because your thoughts really do influence your feelings. And a large chunk of what we talk about um, is challenging like distorted thought patterns or what I like to call them is like our um, false narratives or narratives that we can create for ourselves that Mm. can actually trigger anxiety, can trigger depression. It can be a direct response from a traumatic experience that they may have had. Pretty much you go with the same, you know, go in with the same tactic, with the same approach for everyone. To to start off with. Yeah, but then kind of Tailored it. Tailor it. Yeah. yeah. That's that's good. And for people who are listening and they kind of want to connect with you or they're seeking therapy, is there, do you go to your website? Are you ex- even accepting new clients at all? Yeah. <laughs> I know like probably during the pandemic, that's probably increased. And so I know some people aren't accepting new people mm-hmm. or, or even are you covered like under insurance? Is that like an option for people? Yes, definitely. So we're actually growing. So I'm going to be bringing on another therapist. I am. I'm currently accepting some clients, but it's like very limited. Mm-hmm. And you can actually find me and my profile and everything on 3cwell.com. And there you can submit an inquiry um, for an appointment and also just call and our admin will follow up, schedule an appointment. There you go. You heard it here. Right. <laughs> so we touched on this episode being called Mental Health Days Are Necessary. Why do you think it's important for people to have those mental health days if they're experiencing like extra stress or burnout or anything like that? Shoot, I'm a mental health therapist and I, I need a good mental health <laughs> right. day. Like I literally just came back from my little mini vacation because I needed time away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important that make time for yourself just to be. Because we're always going to have demands. We're always going to have to do something. It's always going to be something. It's always going to be something. So when are you going to show yourself that, you know, you want to take care of yourself? Exactly. Right. Yeah. I kind of used to feel bad for like taking mental health days and like calling out of work and stuff like that, especially if it wasn't like something I planned. Because sometimes I'm like. I'm about to take a long weekend this weekend just because, like, it's a lot going on. I know I'm going to need it by then. But some days I literally wake up and I'm like, I am not doing this today. And so, like, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not coming in. And I used to feel bad about that. But it's like 
if I go into work and I'm not even feeling like my best self, I'm probably not going to get anything done. Yeah, it's anyway. like, are you going to be productive? So, like, either way, I'm either going to go in, not do anything, get paid, or I'm going to sit at home, get myself together. I'm still getting paid, but then I'll come back, like, actually ready to work and get stuff done for you. So, yeah, I had to stop feeling bad about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's like, in a sense, it's a boundary where you don't let your work take over your entire life. And so... Yeah, and that's I don't. hard because we work five days a week. Do we, we do two little weekend days? Don't be doing it. They really don't. They be <laughs> flying by. I'm convinced it's not 24 hours each day. <laughs> I, f- I also feel like that causes so much resentment towards your job. Like, and then I'm the type of person if I go into work with an attitude or something, everyone's going to feel that, and yeah. then everyone's going to be annoyed with me by the end of the day. So, like Jasmine said, it's kind of better to just you know let Stay me handle home. it. Let me let me get good with myself, and we're gonna come back readdress it. Some, you got sometimes yeah, you sometimes just got to be like you sick. <laughs> yeah, for real. And I'm gonna be like, yeah, I'm sick of this job, so I need a break. <laughs> yeah, don't say that though. <laughs> don't put that in a little memo. Hey, area. Don't get a break, alright. <laughs> I'm sick of this job. <laughs> and don't don't say that I told you to say it. They gonna come back like me. I did that. I, okay, I ain't tell you soon. <laughs> No, for real. Kind of like adding on to, we've had a lot of talk about, especially in the 20 lessons learned, we talk about other avenues of mental releases. And so do you think that those therapeutic practices such as working out or, you know, cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. taking a bath, do you think those can be like a replacement for actual therapy, like an in-person talking to somebody or virtual talking to somebody? I don't think it should be a replacement. Mm -hmm. Um, For some people, it may it may can you know do the trick for them but um i would definitely say that during like whenever you're engaged in whether it be therapy coaching or some people just have a trusted friend that they talk mm-hmm. to and then that's therapeutic enough for them don't look at <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> right so fast yes but i mean of course in certain situations like a licensed therapist is is preferable but um a lot of times in our sessions we'll talk about like different coping skills mm-hmm. that you can have in place and believe it or not some of those exercises that you actually mentioned kind of help with anxiety mm-hmm. because if you think about how anxiety Anxiety works. It's almost like you see something or you experience something that's a trigger, right? Mm -hmm. And automatically your body is going to want to maintain balance. Like it wants to be like, okay, like what the world, what can I do? What can I um, do to not feel this way? Because this doesn't feel comfortable. So it's like your body wants a state of homeostasis. Let's say you experience anxiety. Your body wants to feel safe. I can do, you know, exercise or I can um, choose a coping skill of choice that'll help me bring my anxiety levels back down. So in that regard, it can work that way. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of stumbled upon that knowledge myself because I've suffered from anxiety like most, well, not all my life, but, you know, a good portion of my life. And I'm very OCD about cleaning. And I think that's like my my body, like you said, trying to be like, I can control this. I can keep this organized. I know that. And it calms me down like cleaning, reorganizing things. It calms me down every time. Like it could be three in the morning and I will pull everything out my closet and start reorganizing it. She will. I w- and it's, it works every time. Like it, it, like you said, like my body calms down. It's like I can control this. It's something I enjoy doing. Like everything has a place. But I also But think I that, still need therapy. Yeah. <laughs> like touching on that, I feel like, yeah, that works. But in the same sense, like 
are you kind of like having that active thinking process of like, okay, well, why am I doing this? Like, why is this Mm. my go-to thing for whenever I start to feel this? And then like, maybe you're not fully processing why that trigger is so big for you or causing that anxiety. And I think that's something beneficial that can come with therapies. Like you're able to talk about those things, those experiences that are causing that trigger. But at the same time, you also do have a coping mechanism that you can use to, you know, reduce that. Definitely. And when you're, when you're talking about like coping skills, I encourage you to do it intentionally. So know exactly why. So that it doesn't become mm-hmm. like that cycle yeah. of, okay, I'm, I'm cleaning obsessively and Ooh. I, you know, I'm just, this is the way I cope why. with my anxiety. You know, it's just, you know, it feels good. So this is the way I'm going to deal with this emotion right here now. But, but yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Use it as an intentional coping skill. Mm-hmm. Someone need to tell my brain that. <laughs> be intentional. It be, be because it be on go. I will get up bright and early in the morning, be cleaning the whole day, cleaning the whole night. It be on go. Our house be clean though. You hear me? <laughs> we talked about, you know, how people silently struggle a lot. What advice would you give to those who are silently struggling, but they're still really, you know, apprehensive about if they should even, you know, look into therapy or go see a therapist? I think I'd lead with, Everyone who goes to therapy, like they don't always have something that's going wrong. Mm -hmm. Like you'll be very surprised. Like I have a lot of clients who come to me just because they're like, you know, I just want to make sure I have an hour a week just for myself, just just to talk. Yeah. Um, So I I would hope that just kind of normalizing that therapy is not just for when you are experiencing going through a rough time. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's some advice I would definitely give. I think that's like a big yeah. misconception is like, oh, people only go to therapy whenever they're at their lowest or they're really struggling with something. It's like, no, you can go to therapy right. and for literally anything. You Seriously, can just, I can be talking. talking to my therapist like my friends. I'll be like, girl, guess what happened this past week? <laughs> like you can really you can you can chop it up about exactly. anything and yeah. they might slide in. Well, how that make you feel? Right. And, and then you <laughs> might need it. And here you go <laughs> contemplating your life choices. <laughs> Like now that you mention it. um. (laughs) Yeah. And like you said, I think it's definitely good to like have people you can talk to. Like I have Desiree, I have Mia, but then also someone who doesn't like know your full life. Or is a part of your life as well. Because it's like they have information that like this person wouldn't. So it's like. It's like a clean slate. Yeah, honestly, like. You, I feel like a lot of people go to therapy because like they feel really weighed down, which is obviously if you feel weighed down, you should go. But like, that's not all it has to be. It's literally just talking to someone, Mm -hmm. which you're doing with people anyways, but this person doesn't know your whole life. So it's just even better. Yeah, no, I definitely (laughs) agree because, um, like my therapist, I saw like when I wasn't younger, like in college and stuff, like they don't know my life. They're not part of my life. I can talk to my friends all I need to, but if I need to talk about my friends to somebody. I was really about to say, sometimes <laughs> you need, need to talk, talk about them. my friends to somebody, that's who I go to. And that is perfectly okay then because, you know, it's not like I'm sitting here spreading some gossip. To, like, I am talking to my therapist, like, client privilege. And if I have to talk, if I got to, you know, get some things off my chest that I can't express to other people, maybe because they the things that are on my chest, right. it's just great to have that, like. They're objective. They're not gonna judge. They might judge you, but they're not gonna let you know. I said they're not gonna let you know. They're just gonna sit there and and put it back on you. Like that's what I said. Like so, how did that make you feel? Like it's great. Well, then, and another thing too. So it's 
finding finding a therapist that meshes with you, mm-hmm. you know, because some people don't know that, you know, that you have choice. Mm-hmm. Right. So like you can go into the therapy session if, you know, if during your first session or even consult. So some therapists offer free consults. Mm-hmm. Um, you can talk to them and ask them key questions like, you know, what's your style of therapy yeah. or if you're looking for a particular demographic. Um, yep. You know, that's your choice. Yeah. If you have questions about the demographics that they have worked with, like, do you have experience working with people mm-hmm. who maybe experience this medical condition or something like that? Those are questions that you need to ask yeah. um, because that can make or break your therapy experience. experience. Yeah. yeah. And how, like, you share that with others, Yeah, for too. sure. Because if you don't, like you said, if you don't mesh with their therapist, is, is it even going to be beneficial? Are we Probably just, not. are you just sitting there talking, like, mm-hmm. spending money and not You're getting probably not even money. talking. And you're probably like, I don't know Awkward if I trust you. Surface level talking. <laughs> yeah, chit yeah. chatting, not getting to the you're root. Like, so how's the weather? Girl, what that got to do with why you were crying yesterday? <laughs> why were you crying? So would you say that like first sessions are ever like awkward or like I don't know, like anything like that? Like this is somebody's first time like talking to a therapist if you're their first like choice there is it ever awkward they don't want to say anything but you don't know what to say and it's like those little shows just looking at each other like crickets and you you, they go to like the person on one screen and then they go to the other and And we sit here looking at each other for an hour and that's like all right your time's up up. (laughs) um well um (laughs) i feel like that would be me i would be like that would for sure be so (laughs) well i mean and and then and at that point like if you if you feel awkward with your therapist well I can only speak for me like I actually explore it like how are you feeling right now are you feeling are you feeling comfortable yeah you know because um my goal always is to make you feel welcome comfortable warm you know um because ultimately when you step in or if you log in because we're doing virtual now (laughs) when you log in I want you to feel like you can tell me like uh, Ashley, I did not like that exercise. Like that, that just didn't do nothing for my soul, for my spirit. Like you know, like you should. I, I encourage you to have that openness with your therapist, mm-hmm. so that I can only speak for me. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to work harder than my clients. <laughs> you know, so like so if you want to be like dragging it. Yeah, out of I'm not. I'm not here to be to to make we'll you want to work on yourself. Yeah. You come to therapy, just know that it's time to yeah, work. It's time, to and work. I'm not going to judge you. Yeah, I'm a support. Like and has it work. Period. has it like been different for you moving to like the virtual environment from the in person? Yeah, like, have you seen that shift? In I would say before you even answer that, I know me and I'm gonna feel awkward. You know how like you feel like on, on camera, camera you like... gotta you gotta look good. You gotta and normally therapy used to be coming as you are, but the camera just add a different element. Like I'm looking at myself too, and I feel <laughs> awkward. Like why I look like this? <laughs> oh my gosh, I was so caught up listening. You. <laughs> no, you're good. Like, has it changed since you've gone virtual? Like, has that ch- your therapy sessions? Yes and no. Um, I will say that, I mean, <laughs> people logging in, like, sometimes it's, it's literally, like, you show up as you are. Some mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like I just woke up, like, a minute ago. I'm sorry. I still got my bonnet on. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so, I'm like, look, I ain't judging you, you know. Come I, as you are. Let's Come talk. as you are. Let's, let's, let's get to work. Like, it's okay. I'll be sitting on my coffee, like... <laughs> Sipping coffee and chatting. Yeah, but I mean, the only only challenge sometimes with virtual is the occasional freezing that can happen I was with just any about technology. To say, yeah, or if people know how to work the electronics. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Imagine you pouring your heart out and, I, then, it pour, it and then it freezes. And, it, it freeze, and you're like, "Did you hear that? Did, did, 
Did you hear? Like, all right, like, I'm we, done. You know what? I don't even want to talk about that anymore. Like, <laughs> even, like I gotta move past people it. that live with people because when you go oh, to therapy, yeah. it's you and them. But if mm-hmm. you're living with people, like you in the room crying mm-hmm. and your mama in the other room, they so knocking you, on the door. What's wrong, baby? Right. And you just like, leave me alone. Have like, you, you the reason I'm talking like about that? this? Yeah. So no, mainly because I do like some intentional planning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have like codes, like with your like gestures that you can make, oh, like you if smart. you need to, like right. if and I. She's so intelligent. It's all them license. Tap your nose two times. Right. Yeah, honestly, yeah. That that yeah. Hey, if someone or, come in, winking me. Uh huh. Yeah. And I have to. I, I have wink. to ask. Like, okay. do you feel like you're in a place where you can talk freely? Right. If you're not in a place where you can talk freely, like, we're gonna reschedule. How, really yeah, we're gonna have to reschedule. Purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. If you need help, you know, pull your ear or something like that. Yeah. Let me know that so I can call. Make sure that you're safe because that's another. Thing with um, virtual too yeah. is it's different because me being you, here and them there. Yeah. It's like you yeah. were going to like a safe place, and now it's kind of like you have to. You feel vulnerable, like you have different people, yeah. especially if the person you're trying to vent about is like the person in the other room, in the other room. or yeah. sit, or you sitting at the couch and they sitting on the couch looking at you like, "What you got to say?" Like, yeah. Nick, you know, what? let's just reset. Matter of fact, let's just wait till COVID is over. Yeah. <laughs> Don't wait till it's over, <laughs> right? <laughs> Who knows when this could be over. <laughs> So a lot of people do, we mentioned like cost earlier. You said you want to make sure um, with your program, you had the $25 so it could be affordable to everyone. So are there more like affordable options such as that out there for people who are, you know, hesitant because of cost? Um, There are. A lot of therapists offer sliding fee scale, which is just based on your income. Um, That may be limited just based on, you know, their ability to how many people they're servicing and things like that. But um, so, yeah, sliding fee scale is an option. Um, Sometimes some therapy practices have interns Mm -hmm. and those interns may be able to provide therapy to you at a free or very low cost. There's also like a site I know of as called um, Open Path Collective. Where you have, I think you have to pay like a fee to join. But once you are joined, you can actually look at all the therapists there, and they the um, costs range from like I think it's thirty dollars to sixty dollars per session or something like that. So there are a couple options out there, and I would just encourage anybody who's listening if you're looking for uh, lower cost um, therapy sessions, or you don't have insurance, or uh, shoot, maybe you do have insurance and your copayment is Mm -hmm. just high Mm -hmm. and you can't afford it. Then I would definitely say when you're looking for therapist ask about those options yeah and would even like group therapy kind of help with that cost too like if you were to do group rather than just one-on-one therapy yeah some groups still accept insurance but then there's also possibly those opportunities too don't say and there's probably also like free group therapy like in some instances if you're dealing with specific things like I know like you know people who go to meetings for you know their addictions are struggling with that's a form of therapy right there in itself so I know that there are things like those that are open and free and even kind of like what Ashley had mentioned earlier about like maybe you have like a close friend or something Mm -hmm. like start you get a little group of friends y'all can have like this schedule weekly like okay on Wednesdays we're gonna get together drink wine and talk about our feelings cry it out yeah <laughs> Wednesdays bring a glass of wine we just gonna cry yeah <laughs> it's like a a constant thing that's always happening mm-hmm. so that y'all can you know talk and release all that buildup that you have so once you start therapy is that something that you kind of have to do for like the rest of forever or is like there a time <laughs> when a person realizes that like they don't need to go to therapy anymore they don't need to go as often or whatever it may be mm-hmm That's a really good question. In my experience, working in different levels of therapy, that can kind of shift your 
expected time frame. Mm -hmm. So, for example, for like adolescents, intensive in-home or another enhanced community-based service may be time-specific because their insurance only allots for a certain amount of sessions. You know, so there is more of an expectation in terms of frequency. But in terms of like for outpatient therapy, really, it depends on your preference. Really, I can attest what I I do in my practice, which is like we start off typically weekly. um, And then at some point we agree that we're going to do our little our check in. We're going to review how you're doing towards your goals. And then if you feel comfortable, we can step down. So you may step down to biweekly and do that for a little minute Mm -hmm. until you feel comfortable. And most of the time my clients will express like, hey, you know, I think everything is going pretty good. I'm pretty happy right now, you know. So I I still want to see you, but I want to see you on a monthly basis. Ain't going to cut you off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so some people may continue on that monthly basis for as as long as they want to. For others, they may be like, I'm going to just take a break completely. Okay. So it really depends. Yeah, no, I feel like <laughs> yeah, I don't no, want to cut uh-uh. you off. Yeah. <laughs> like, please keep in contact with me. I'm a hey, big head you in like a week. Right. <laughs> like, actually, <laughs> let's get something on the books. Yeah. You know what? This past week mm, reminded me that I'm not ready. Yeah. You know what? I'm, matter of fact, I'm going to need two sessions. <laughs> and that, and that happens. That happens. You can go. F- can go forward towards like yeah, like I'm gonna need you holding my hand back. still a little bit as I walk off Actually, because no. <laughs> safety. Because I feel like some people might think, well, am I ready to like progress to this next level where I don't necessarily need to talk to someone, mm-hmm. or is that just like my mind being over <laughs> talking about right. my feelings I'm all the tired time? Tired of talking about me. <laughs> exactly. So we kind of you know through this whole episode we talked about you know helping others and how you help others. You know to wrap things up, we want to focus it back on you know you personally. So even though. Like we said, you are constantly helping others with their own challenges, things they're dealing with. Um, what do you personally do outside of work that helps you maintain a healthy, well-balanced life? I take time. I schedule it, actually. I have to schedule it. Uh, I have a little little girl. She's Aww. only one. So she keeps Aww, me. That's a new baby. baby. <laughs> a new, new baby. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean... I'm big on um, identifying like what's important to me, mm-hmm. what are my values, and then everything that I do is going to center around yep. that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my family's important. Time and freedom is important. So I just make time for that. And like I said, I have to schedule a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But Because if you don't schedule it, you'll start to be like, oh, I don't need it today. Oh, yeah. And keep pushing it off. But like once you schedule it, it's like, it's in the books. I'm about it's to in the books. <laughs> it's right. in the books. And I feel like I got a little, sometimes I got a little carryover of mommy brain mm-hmm. a little bit. So... <laughs> Yes, it's nice bro. to have that little <laughs> reminder. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got sticky notes and everything. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, I, lo- I love some sticky notes. <laughs> and Google Calendar is quick mm-hmm. to send you a little notification. Nah, I'm like, yes. oh, I got that. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's really important, especially like in the line of work you're doing. You're constantly, you know, catering to people who need you. But at the same time, you need to make sure that like you're at 100% too so that you can be there for everyone. So I think those boundaries you know, we talk about boundaries, boundaries a lot on this podcast. <laughs> we um, love a boundary. We do. <laughs> but I think having those boundaries are important. Yeah, because that can be a lot. Like even Desiree, I think, I don't know what episode it was you said it, but you said sometimes somebody will reach out to you and you'll be like, I like I can't handle this right now. Mm-hmm. Like with what I have going on, like if I tried to be there for you, like I might fall apart. So like especially for you because you're talking to people all the time. It's like, okay, let me get back to me and then I'll come back. Yeah, because yeah, if you're not, 
what what we say like three different episodes you can't pour you from can't an empty cup no. No, <laughs> so we love to reiterate that you cannot pour from an empty cup so if you out here letting everybody you know take sips of your water and then it gets to you and you, you just parched. you dry mm-hmm. you just the cup empty <laughs> just sitting here so yeah it's important even like to our listeners like we know you probably aren't out here, you know, being a licensed therapist for, you know, a multitude of people. Right. But still, some people are those friends for people and they always come to them. And so make sure that you take care of yourself while you're out here, you know, with your cape on, taking care of others. Right. Ooh, I Thank like you. that Thank with you. the cape. Period. Right now, put that on the sticky note. <laughs> And so on our podcast, each episode, we like to end with a tip of the week. And so today, since you're our special guest, we're going to ask you to share a tip for our listeners. All right. So I kind of struggled with which tip I want to share, but she got tips. (laughs) (laughs) Tips to go with her certifications. (laughs) I'm going to lead with focus on being the best version of yourself and everything attached to you will win. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. It was a little extra. I like that. Y'all weren't ready for that. I wasn't ready for that. No. <laughs> I, I heard her on the focus on the, the best version, then everything attached to me will win. I right. like that. Because we talked about that. What was it last episode? And I was like, people are so focused on like getting ahead now, which is like obviously really important. But like if you don't focus on yourself, it's like once you get to that better you that you're trying to build, like, do you want to be there? Like, are you happy mm-hmm. to be there? Are you happy with yourself? Yeah. Are you moment? or are yeah. you sitting here, you know, financially set up and right. miserable and miserable? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like money does not make you happy. So, yeah, you have all this stuff, but you're still miserable because you didn't take the time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Day by day. That's what I say. Period. Taking life day by day. <laughs> I feel like I learned so much. Like, I've just been like a sponge just absorbing this. Like, in. we've actually had a lot of growth in this podcast. No, we, we did have. A, we've done a lot of talking about mental health, boundaries, the necessity of it. But now we actually have, like, somebody that knows what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I was going to say, because you know, because we be talking and we be chit-chatting about, you know, mental health and, you know, our perspectives. Because, again, everything we say here is just our perspectives. Mm-hmm. But you can't argue with knowledge, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> She I got mean, those she got them. <laughs> I feel like this was what y'all needed. It was what we needed. Right. So. If you like this episode, please leave us a review and follow us on our social media. Don't forget to share our podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever. Also, if you have a topic or want our perspective and or advice on anything, send us a message via our social media, which are located in the episode notes. Or you can always email us at pureperspectivespodcast at gmail.com. Who knows? It might be part of our next discussion. As always, thank you for your continued support. We'll see you again real soon.